0: Think about this question. How do you provide meaningful support for someone who has received a
1: cancer diagnosis? You know, Wayne, caring for cancer patients requires understanding and supporting the whole person, and we really need to understand and talk more about that.
0: And we will today on this podcast. We'll talk with an oncology physician's assistant about some things that can make a difference in the life and lifestyle of cancer patients. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepard, Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And we have some important things to talk about today.
1: We certainly do. Again, we talk a lot on the show about how to be helpful and how to really be meaningful in our support. We're going to talk about, in some cases, the whole person care, mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical within the context of medical treatment for cancer and why it is important and how ultimately it could be the very difference that may make a difference in the outcome of what happens to people in their cancer journey.
0: Yeah, coming alongside patients in areas of life, this can really make a great difference. This can be a real ministry, can it?
1: And again, what we want is people to feel like that they are empowered to serve and make a difference. And so this conversation today is going to do just that, my friend.
0: As a matter of fact, it goes beyond our podcast today because we have a resource called Creative Care. Percy, you put this together for our benefit. Uh, Tell me what's in this.
1: Well, this resource is designed to provide some practical insights, uh, you know, ways we can encourage people regarding their daily life, uh, like financial challenges. You know, Wayne, Uh, People sometimes have financial burdens when they go through the process of cancer treatment Mm -hmm. or helping people work through a healthy self-image. Many cancer patients may struggle with their appearance while undergoing cancer treatment. And so this document will give us a number of ways that we can provide practical and creative care and support to those who have cancer.
0: We have a guest who will join us on the program today, and we'll get to that special guest in just a few moments as you stay tuned now to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Now, we're trying something new, and I like this a lot. We're posing questions that you can answer on a very special website we've set up. And Percy, why don't you lay out the question we've uh, addressed today?
1: It's interesting. Interesting, in many cases of support that I have been able to provide to cancer patients and their caregivers, often there are regrets after the fact of things uh, that individuals would have liked to have done differently. And so the question for today is, what would you have done differently on your cancer journey? Interesting. Either as a patient or as a caregiver, what would you have done differently on your cancer journey? We want to hear uh, your thoughts and reflections upon that and send that over to us.
0: That can be very helpful to a lot of folks. So here's the website that we've set up where you can give us the answer to that question. It's hhiquestions.com, hhiquestions.com. Knowing what you know now, What would you have done differently on your cancer journey or the journey of a friend that you've come alongside? What would you do differently? HHIquestions.com, With locations in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-H-O-P-E. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. As I mentioned, we're going to uh, learn from an oncology physician's assistant on the program today, and Percy, you'll talk with her in just a moment, but let's open the scriptures as we begin.
1: Our spiritual nugget, we must eat off of the word of the Lord as we know, and so today let's feast off of Uh, John 16, verse 13, that reads as follows. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. And today we want to be reminded that the word of the Lord comes from the spirit of truth. It is the truth that we feed off of and that it will keep us, sustain us, and it will tell us our future as we continue to trust and believe in that word.
0: Excellent. And we'll get into that more deeply as the program goes on here today. Percy, I know you travel between the various Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and recently you sat down in Atlanta to talk with our special guest.
1: Well, I'm excited, man. Oh, man. Today, I have with me Letitia Price, who is an oncology uh, clinic physician's assistant uh, who works at CTCA or Cancer Treatment Centers of America Atlanta now for the last five years, but has been in this field now for 12 years total. And so she has a little bit to say about being a physician's assistant. Welcome to the show and thank you for joining us today, Leticia.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Um, What does first and foremost uh, a clinic physician's assistant do? I know that this is a growing field and has yeah. really grown over probably the last 10 years. Yeah. And so in many cases, when people are in a medical environment, they're probably more than likely now to have a physician's assistant service them more so than an actual treating physician. Is that accurate?
2: That's actually actually accurate. Yes. So a physician assistant, we do basically anything that our physician does. So we're a trained clinician and we collaborate with a medical doctor or a DO in treating a patient. We treat, we diagnose, we prescribe, we do everything that our physician does.
1: And you are under the direct authority and leadership of a physician. Right. Okay.
2: Yep. So anything my physician does, then I can do under their direction. Got it.
1: Yeah. And so with that, and and I know from a, a previous show, and, and I would imagine that you know this, that physicians' assistants were actually born out of the need from one of the wars of shortage of physicians, and that a physician actually started. This program at Duke University, if my memory serves me correctly,
2: right? You're pretty good. It's been about twelve years since I had to learn that history, <laughs> but that is true. We did um, come out of the military. There was a shortage, and so a physician trained some others and called them physician assistants, so they could help take care of um, the soldiers in war.
1: So, with that being said, so here we are, and again, I have a couple of good friends of mine and a couple of ex-church members I used to pastor my own congregation, who also became a physician. So I'm a little bit familiar with the work that they do. Um, You do that and and you're involved, but specifically in an oncology environment. So you're working with cancer patients and now at least for the last five years. Let's talk about um, some of the dynamics maybe even challenges of working with oncology patients. Yeah,
2: for the last 12 years, I've been doing oncology. Oh, okay. I've been okay. a physician assistant in oncology. So a
1: total of 12.
2: Yeah, so I've seen a lot of changes, a lot of growth in cancer treatment. So, so exciting, good stuff. Yeah. It's And it's the reason why I chose oncology because there's always something new. How we treated breast cancer nine years ago is definitely different now. That's so, so good. So even how we treated breast cancer last year is, is different. Okay. So that's what I love about our team. You know, we have a, a team of physicians and uh, physician assistants here who are always um, on the know of what there is uh, to use to treat cancer. Life learners. Yeah. 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 So some of the challenges are um, helping patients understand their diagnosis and helping them cope with the side effects of the treatment okay. of their cancer. So that's the big Thing. And that's what physician assistants do. The physicians are more of the diagnosing, telling you what's going on, what the plan will be. And we execute that plan. We carry the patient throughout the whole journey um, and get them to what the final stages would be. Got you it. know. And hopefully that's a cure.
1: Okay. Yeah. And, of course, so, you know, and, and we're fair and balanced on this show. And though we are speaking primarily to a faith-based audience, uh, you know, we talk about the power of faith and uh, I'm a pastor and a minister, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you use a very important term that 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 is always part of the, uh, the caveat of discussion. And that is hopefully yeah. because we recognize that not everyone is a cancer survivor. Some people, for many different reasons, do not survive their treatment. But the good news is that the death rate from cancer in the U.S. has declined steadily over the past two decades. And according to annual statistics reporting from the American Cancer Society, as of 2015, the cancer death rate for men and women combined had fallen 26 percent from its peak in 1991. This decline translates to nearly 2.4 million fewer deaths during this time period.
2: Right. That's correct. And I think um, we say it a lot, but a lot of people don't understand the power of the words that early detection saves lives, which is why I really love the cancer ministry um, that most churches have, because it helps patients kind of get through their cancer treatment. But the goal also is to help them know preventative things so that they don't, you know, so that they can detect things early. Yep. So early detection could um, it makes a difference on your survival honestly so our goal is to cure but if we can't cure then our goal is to control the disease so you have early stages of cancer early stages from zero to three that's curable so when you have something called stage four cancer that means it's spread from one spot to another mm-hmm. It's gone from the breast to the bone and
1: that term is used as metastasis yes. so, so
2: metastatic stage four <laughs> cancer it. yep so at stage four then we can't cure our goal is to control the disease and so i kind of tell people it's, it's a like, you know, your car. Think about it. So when I was in college.
1: So I heard about this great car analogy that you have with, with education. So let's hear this great car analogy. I want to hear this.
2: So when I was in college at Florida State, woohoo, woo-hoo. Um, I was home for a weekend and my dad bought me a car because my mom was away on vacation. Yay, dad. So he bought me this car. I took it away to school and I just drove and drove it. I didn't do anything. You know, the check engine light came on. I didn't check it because I didn't know how to check it. So, and I figured, you know, that was just like suggested, you know, so I just kept riding until the car finally gave out. So when it gave out, I called a the mechanic, they told it. And he said, well, what'd you do? Did you do the maintenance? Did you, you know, do the oil changes? Did you do the tire rotations? I said, no, I thought that was just suggested. You know, I didn't know. He said, well, what about when the check engine light on? Did that give you a clue? Mm. I was like, well, Yeah, but I just, you know, I didn't realize what that meant. And he said, well, now your engine is gone. He was like, but if you would have brought it to me and done those maintenance checks, I would have caught what was going on earlier. We could have saved your car. Yep. So I had I, notice I said I, had (laughs) to get the engine because my mom surely was not going to help me because she wasn't a part of it. Okay. So I had to pay in order to get my engine refurbished and get my car back running. Got it. So I tell people, like, your body is like your car. So those maintenance checks, so that's your colonoscopy, that's your prostate check, that's your mammogram. All of those are things to detect cancer early. So that way you can treat early. Because if not, that could be a chance where it goes from that early stage to stage four. To those
1: latter stages. So
2: checking those things... Can, uh, can save you. So early detection can save lives because it can be the moment between, oh, I can save your car, we can do this, or I can save your body and we can do this, or this is what I can do for now. I can only help prolong. So I tell people, don't ride around with your check engine light on. You know, if you hear a bump, you feel a lump, yep. you know, get it checked out. Take it to your mechanic or your doctor.
1: And so with that being said, and that that's a great analogy, and, and it's so apropos with regard to, and as I've often told people in many cases, we in many cases maintenance our car better or we take better care of our home that we live in than the temple of God that the Spirit of God dwells exactly. within. And so to connect that analogy to give us a better Uh, sense of what is required on our behalf the scripture says this don't you know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit and it is not yours and that it requires to be maintenanced and serviced and taken care of so with that uh that's helpful and one of the things that connects back to the original point of the decline uh of uh Cancer uh, deaths in, in this country is one of them is directly related to the fact of early detection and yep. diagnostic work that has, as you mentioned, has advanced. And we have great technology of the day that we can do great diagnostic work. And and that really is making a difference in it the is. cancer conversation. It is. So let's shift gears. You you also provide your uh, time and service. To uh, being a, a facilitator and a and a, a presenter uh, at the Our Journey of Hope Cancer Care Leadership Training Program, and yes. we talk a lot about it on our show. Uh, it's near and dear to my heart. It, it's my baby, yeah. and and I, I can't be any more excited about what what this program is doing and has done and will continue to do. Why do you participate in this program and 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 what do you think is so meaningful about being able to train cuz you alluded to it just a minute yeah. ago training faith-based organizations and spiritual leaders around cancer care ministry concepts
2: yeah for a patient or survivor to get through their cancer treatment you have to treat the mind the body and the <laughs> spirit the spirit is a big part of it um, you, you have to feed your mind, you have to feed your soul. and so I believe that the cancer ministry is very important. Usually, when I meet a patient, I usually ask them, do they have you know a faith based organization? What support do they have? because not only are they helping them, you know through their faith, they're supporting them, um visiting them, helping them get through their cancer diagnosis, and also helping prevent you know helping them with those preventative measures for those who may be at risk for cancer. So it's very important to me. To um, help with that training because I let them know these are things that, you know, your congregation, they may not say to you, but these are things that they probably will need. Like I said, I'm a Christian, of course, so a Baptist faith. Okay. So what we do is we eat for everything. If someone dies, we eat. If someone has born, we, we eat. So anything we celebrate with food. So, but Dr. We- <laughs> Harold
1: Koenig, who is considered one of probably five leading Um, uh, Researchers on the subject of spirituality, faith and healing out of Duke University. You may or may not be familiar with him. He's also a doctor. He is a psychologist and he also went through a battle of, of sickness and disease. And over the years, he has done tons of research. And it's interesting, one of the things that came out of his research study to this last point, and it's a really important point, is one of the most obese group of social groups of people on the planet are church people. Wow. Because of the fact that we fellowship around, around food, food for everything. Right. Now, what is the connection? What's the correlation here? You're not a nutritionist, but we have nutritionists on the show all the time that obesity is one of the risk factors
2: for cancer. For
1: cancer. Right. So now when we start connecting the dots, and I'm going to let you pick right back up, yeah. that when we take our religious or spiritual orientation of how we com- how we how we co- uh, have community with each other, We fellowship around food and in many cases, not around healthy food either but it helps to contribute to obesity which becomes a major risk factor for cancer that then translates into our social engagement and activity and if we're not doing early testing and doing you know detection it helps us to understand the escalation of what right. potentially can happen to us from a cultural perspective
2: right that is exactly true and so i know i tell them that we celebrate you know or go through everything with food but in this case that may not be what you need to do Some patients are nauseous Some people have Some people have anxiety About even eating Because of the type of cancer That they have Sure So I tell them Kind of stay away from the food Maybe for the caregivers But you know Always ask You know What else they need Because we can't fix Everything with food No
1: <laughs> nor, nor should we <laughs> We try We, we do <clears throat> Well I mean again We So yeah. there's a psychosocial component To right. how we eat Because of comfort food Right That you know They're, they're quite frankly they you know As we now know today People are quite frankly In many cases addicted to food, you know, their food addictions because of the comfort component. Mm -hmm. Think about uh, when we are under certain emotional stresses, what we do from an eating perspective, we eat certain types of food, we eat certain amounts of food to help us work through and process through our stress. So when we understand, and I think the point that you're making is the whole person component Uh, of who we are there's a spirit Mm -hmm. there's a mental emotional and then of course there's a physical connect when we put all of those pieces together when we're really able to understand this and this is what we're trying to do with the our journey of hope cancer care leadership training program is help educate the faith communities let's get back on point here the faith community about the practical aspects that it is fine and great to pray and we should pray and and have healing services. But if we're not eating correctly, if we're not dealing with our emotional uh, or mental stresses or other dynamics practically, are we really uh, providing the best support to individuals within our purview from a healthcare perspective when they are told that they have cancer because we don't, we, no one taught us how to address any of those issues.
2: Right. Exactly. I agree. And it, it does a lot of to with your, um your mental, you know, your mentality of getting through the cancer. So I have a lot of patients where if they're at a point where we don't want them to be around the, a crowd because their immune system is down. So mm. the hardest thing for me to do is to tell a patient that they can't go to church. You know, because that can um, hurt their psyche for the for the whole week. Sure. Because I had a, a meeting with the family once, and the, the older kids were like, well, dad has been kind of mean. I don't know what's going on. Is there anything, you know, you can do for me? I just asked him. I said, so, you know, what's going on? You're usually okay. He said, I haven't been to church in three Sundays, and I have a, I have a problem. I need to go to church. I'm cranky. Yeah, <laughs> I'm and, and that's what it was. And that just set the tone for everything. Yeah. So another thing I tell the cancer ministry is, too, you know, if – they can't get to a sermon, you know. Call them, you know. Record it, something, you know. That can do a lot for a patient because just him being down that affected him, how he went through his treatment yeah. for a whole month. Yeah, and no one, no one asked, and that was something that just a simple fix. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. so with that being said, um, it sounds like to me then that you are a strong proponent of you work in a clinical environment. You have a lot of cl- clinical training and background, and I thank God every day. Uh, for that, do and then it sounds like you have a very strong faith orientation from your perspective. And I ask this question all the time: Do you believe that there is a conflict between merging spirituality and faith and and, and evidence based clinical care? Is there, is there a conflict there, in your opinion, and and should people struggle with that? I know some faith people still yeah. struggle with, am I really being a person of faith if I'm, if I'm talking to my nutritionist, or if yeah. I'm talking to my doctor, or this, that, or the other? Am I really walking by faith and not yeah. by sight? What well, say you?
2: Right. I don't think there's a conflict at all, So and that, that's why we're here. We work with the nutritionist. We work with the naturopath. We work with the pastoral care, mind and body. It takes all of that to take care of a person, for them to get through this thing called cancer because so we have to treat the mind the body and the spirit okay and i'm a special specialist in one part correct and so i'm sure to lend my hand to those who who, who do this best <laughs> yeah so yeah i think that it's definitely needed
1: that being said in the with the closing seconds that we have in time just poof is gone <laughs> what is one thing that gives Letitia price hope what drives your hope you see and you work with cancer patients and you see some difficult scenarios what what drives your hope what makes you hopeful my dear
2: my hope is seeing the changes in cancer treatment, seeing the strides and steps that we're making, to see how we can target certain types of cancer, and we can specialize treatment for patients, so to help them live longer, to help them leave, live the best life they can and enjoy their families. So that's my hope, that every year we get closer and closer to, to helping everyone survive this thing called cancer.
1: Of course, today you have heard from Letitia Price, Oncology Clinic Physician's Assistant, and I'm going to uh, associate what she does with with the uh, physicians, and uh, I'm going to use a biblical term. It's a it's a Greek word called paraclete, uh, one who aids and assists. She aids and assists uh, physicians as a physician's assistant. And today we thank you for coming alongside, working with the docs. Uh, providing your clinical expertise and your care uh, as we continue to help people fight the good fight of faith. Today, we bless your work and bless everything that you do. And as you continue to learn more, you do more. Uh, Today, you have heard from Letitia Price. God bless. Have a great day.
2: Thank you.
0: And our thanks to Letitia and to Percy. We'll talk with Percy again in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-H-O-P-E. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, Personalized care and spiritual support. Learn more at health, hope, and inspiration.com. We have another website I want you to take note of because we want you to answer a question. Personally, we're putting a question out to our listeners this
1: week. Absolutely. We want to get some feedback from you. Knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently? On your cancer journey, either as a patient or a supporter of a cancer patient, what would you have done differently?
0: And we'll share some of those on an upcoming program. So let's help each other out. Go to hhiquestions.com to answer. That's hhiquestions.com. Well, we learned the importance of early detection when you're talking to Letitia here today.
1: We did. And as one who uh, has now entered and begun a cancer journey personally, One of the things that stand true to me, and I've spoken to many uh, family members and friends, is the fact that uh, I recognized and listened to the symptoms and signs of my body that was telling me something was wrong Hmm. and immediately went and had a colonoscopy, and sure enough, Thank God I was diagnosed with early-stage colon cancer Mm. and as a result was able to have surgery, have that removed, and uh, did not require chemotherapy. And and so uh, the importance, and we know the statistics and the data is telling us that people are surviving and living longer because of the fact that we have great diagnostic tools. And that's some of the things that uh, Lakeisha talked about, and she rolled it into the analogy Of automobile maintenance. Yeah, how many of us ignore that check engine light? Absolutely, but that light is telling us something, and it's trying to get us to be alert to the fact that we need to at least t- pop the hood and take a look at what's uh-huh. going on. Well, we need to we need to pay attention to the engine light of our bodies hmm. and we need to pop the hood of the of the of the engine and take a look around and have someone an expert who can take a look at those different parts of our being to establish if everything is okay and if not then we can take corrective early action true early detection is saving Hundreds and thousands of lives, and you're you're listening to one individual who has been the benefactor of early detection.
0: Why are we so hesitant? Are we afraid that we might find something that requires care, and that just frightens us?
1: It's a legitimate question, Wayne, and I think it's a couple of things. One of them, and in some cases, there are some cultural orientations surrounding certain schools of thought. Uh, I've talked to certain individuals who have certainly suggested to me that uh, some people are afraid to hear that there may be bad. News. Hmm. And if you just stop to process uh the legitimacy of the logic of that, you really you you really miss out on the whole point of the exercise. Yeah, it's not gonna go away. Right, exactly. If there it. is indeed bad news, you need to get that information as early as possible. And then you can create and and sit down and come up with a game plan to try to try to counteract whatever that bad news may be suggesting. So ignoring it. Or postponing it is not going to help the situation and I want to emphasize when we talk about cancer in particular uh, very similar to the car analogy uh, an old uh, fr- oil fram commercial used to say you can pay me now <laughs> or pay me later or you so can pay me remember later remember it well but the caveat to that was when you pay me later you always pay more mm-hmm. so again there may be a reckoning or a payment that may be due but if we wait and postpone as my Uh, GI, and as my uh, surgeon and my oncologist told me, thank God that you listened to your symptoms. Six, seven months later, we may be having a very different conversation. Right.
0: And we can help each other in this regard. I mean, we can hold each other accountable. I know in my situation, my wife very often, if I say, you know what, I got this little funny feeling, she says, go get it checked out. Yeah. You know, so we can help each other, encourage each other without nagging each other.
1: And as a matter of fact, I have now several and I've had several friends of mine, men, friends who have actually walked up to me and said, Tell me what your symptoms were. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because they're, they're open now. They want to hear. Right. Uh, I had one of uh, the, uh, the individuals of our homeowners association who does our lawn work. He said, I heard that you had cancer. He said, do you mind me asking what were some of your symptoms? Mm-hmm. And I said, absolutely not. So, again, we can encourage, help, and hold each other accountable for a good reason. I'm not here to get in your business. I'm just trying to – the life that you save may very well be your own. Right. Right.
0: Uh, Something else you touched on with Letitia here today was the Our Journey of Hope, which uh, is very near and dear to your heart.
1: Yes, indeed. She uh, is one of the educational facilitators for the presentation. We have uh, several chapters in the Our Journey of Hope uh, presentation that is offered to pastors, uh, spiritual leaders, or lay leaders of local churches, free training. Uh, that's offered throughout the year at one of our regional sites of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And one of the portions of the presentation is around uh, integrative medicine and different uh, aspects of that and educational components about what cancer is. And so Letitia is one of those presenters. And so uh, we're grateful to have her. And of course, the Our Journey of Hope program continues to be the leading source of free education for uh, ministers and churches throughout the United States and helping and enabling them to start cancer care ministries free of charge inside of their local churches. And as
0: a part of this, we've set up the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network, where pastors and church leaders can sign up. It's free to do so. And when you sign up, you receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources. There's information there about ministry training opportunities and our informative monthly email newsletter. So here's what you do. Go to our website, health, hope, and Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and learn more and join the Ministry Leaders Network, health, hope, and inspiration.com. Well, again, I want to emphasize that we're putting a question out to our listeners today. The question is, what would you have done differently, knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently on your cancer journey or in helping, assisting someone on their cancer journey? We want to learn from each
1: other. We do. And again, uh, as I've spoken to many, I've had several people tell me that uh, I may have done some things differently, or I would have thought about some things differently, or I would have approached some things differently. Let's help someone who may not have begun their cancer journey yet, or may just be beginning their cancer journey. Help us to help them about some things that you would have done differently knowing what you know now. And we may be able to help some individuals who are just starting out the gate. And that is the purpose of this program. What would you have done differently as a supporter of a cancer patient or as one that was on a journey of cancer?
0: Answer the question at hhiquestions.com and download our free resource this week, Creative Care, which is available at health, hope, and Inspiration.com. Can
1: we go back to that scripture you started the program with? Well, let's close with the spiritual nugget of the day, John 16, verse 13, that basically tells us when the spirit of truth comes and we want truth, we need truth, we need to live by truth. He will guide you into all truth. Truth comes from a source and a spirit, and God is the source of all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Today, if you're looking for a future, quit going to a soothsayer or a fortune teller. Let's turn to the Word of God and allow the Word of God to dictate and tell us about our future coming from the Spirit of
0: truth. Amen. Well, let's uh, pass the word about this program, if you don't mind. Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Tell your friends that we're on uh, iTunes and podcast app with the program. And you can access it directly from our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, God bless you. I guess we'll see you next time.
1: And we got to go chop some wood. Keep chopping the wood. We've got work
0: to do. You've been listening to Reverend Percy McRae, and this is Health, Hope, and Inspiration.